Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. You gotta believe and invest with your heart Orange and blue till Mets do its part Spring training, oh yes, it's the start City field gritty till Mets do its part Hit home runs and knock it out the park Big apple till Mets do its part You gotta believe and invest with your heart Listen to the show till Mets do its part John from Brooklyn, Gibby Reps and Jay With the other team, I don't care what your friends say Mets fans, we focus like a sensei Listen to the podcast Monday, Wednesday Made a couple bad plays, but we still won Character, yup, we're gonna build some are you gonna check the pod? It's real fun. Just like Mookie, I will sign. So invest with your heart. Orange and blue till Mets do its part. Spring training, oh yes, it's the start. City feel gritty till Mets do its part. Hit home runs and knock it out the park. Big Apple till Mets do its part. You gotta believe and invest with your heart. Listen to the show. Available now on all streaming platforms. If you love the New York Mets, check out till Mets do its part. Enough rapping. Let's get to yapping. Yo! What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Tilt Mets Do Us Part, where we are live on YouTube, we are live on Twitter and X. My name is John Sapinaro, out here in Los Angeles, California, and that means that my co-host, Matt Ibi Ibanez, holding it down back in New Jersey. Yes, we appreciate all of the love for the what an intro, brilliant from CP. A lot of people, James Dowling, great opening, really catchy tune. Shout out uh, Charlie saying, uh, nice job on the intro. We got Chris Ram saying, love it. Uh, shout out to Zepps, great Mets fan, great love artist. It. Shout love out it. to his producer, Ruse Beats, who uh, really hooked it up, gave us exactly what we were looking for. So we appreciate the love. Brand new intro, and I absolutely love it. It'd be, so I'm going to start a little different. I'm going to ask you. Now that you've seen it in action and we've actually done it for the show, how do you feel about the new intro, man? I am absolutely in love with it. And just a little behind the scenes for some people when John originally asked me, like, hey, you know, what do you think? Because I said to him, it's done. It's finished. And I didn't want to sound too excited because sometimes that could be a little bit too much. And I didn't want to, I wasn't sure how he was feeling, but I heard it the first time and I was like, and again, I don't curse that much on the show, but I was like, I fucking love this. Like, it sounds, it sounds right. It sounds like the beat, everything that we wanted, what we were searching for, for the feel of the show in comparison to others and like how we wanted it to overall look and feel. And then obviously you, John, doing a fantastic job with, with the video, just making it all come together. I, I absolutely love it. And I'm glad that people like it. And um, it finally gives us, you know, a little bit more cachet if you will within the space i think because now we have a song has our names you know the show name what have you things that we hit on you know i, I don't even think zeps realized that you know when i post often i always say in in my tweets you know let's have some fun and little though i know like it, it gets tossed in there whether it was by accident or not like just hearing that like it, it just shows you how it was how it was done so great and um really br brings everything home so I'm, I'm very excited and pumped up about it I am too. Look, I'm a little shocked here. Not everybody loves it. Shay saying, being honest, I'm so, so on the intro. I have to warm up to it. Well, guess what? Shay, you're banned. You're banned you're forever. You're done, Shay. I'm just kidding. I'm just I kidding. thought we were close. <laughs> uh, no, Shay, you know, never come up to me again at a baseball game in Southern California. I'm just but you know kidding. what it is? You know what it is also? And I, I, I can appreciate Shay to an extent because we had 130 episodes with the same exact 
sound and like look i love the sound that we had but when i see this in action the the movement the live video aspect that we have been talking about for a while and then and the sound itself it's it's an upgrade and it shows that we continue to grow which is what we want to do uh you know what we got junior swingman saying disappointing that that intro didn't feature nate lavender don't Hang worry on just a some. second yeah oh no no we're we're, we're gonna do it right, right now we're right gonna do it right now. you're you're upset you, you want more nate lavender hang on a second <laughs> you just got struck out by nate lavender Yeah, you want more <laughs> Nate Lavender? We are here to please. That is right. We got Nate Lavender out I had some time today. I had for some you time guys today. today. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ibby, look, obviously we are we are having fun right out yeah. of the gate, and you know, how could you not, right? Spring training has started. And by the way, everybody who's watching the video, we are live. And the best way to be a part of the show and deal with all this stupidity and hilarity that we do <laughs> every week is, uh, you know, being a live member. But we understand yeah. that not everybody can do that. But don't worry. If you miss any of the show, you can go back. You can watch it on the same YouTube channel or you can listen about an hour after we're done with the live stream. It drops across all podcast platforms. Now that that's out of the way, Ibby, look, you know what? I look at this situation right now with the Mets. And, you know, we got some good, got some bad, right? The the Kodai Senga news after we finished last week was a little bit worse than we thought it was going to be. But then it turns out to be potentially a bit better, right? It's not like a long-term thing, at least right now in this moment. Um, and then you have the Mets that come out, and I know they're spring training games and, and nobody cares, but when the Mets have as much upheaval and as much roster turnover as they've had, um, you can't help but look at certain things and be a little encouraged or discouraged. I know a lot of people were ready to jump out the window after the first game. Well, now you look up and they're four and one. And, you know, again, the, the record doesn't matter and stuff, but Ibby, they've been doing some things that look really good. Acuna looks good and Gilbert looks good and Pete hits a bomb and nobody can get out Trace Thompson and, you know, even G Man Choi getting into the mix. So, you know, there's a lot of good stuff to talk about, you know, with the Mets right now overall and you know what i'm just in a good mood because of some of the positive things and the changes with the show and you know the new addition of the intro but i'm also in a good mood because you know what for the first time in a few weeks it is consistently la weather out there which means that it feels at least out here right now it feels like baseball it mm -hmm. feels like spring training so like i'm i'm pumped up I, I wish the season started tomorrow i understand that it doesn't i understand we got some things to get through in the meantime but right now i think things are about as good as they could be for mm -hmm. the Mets, all things considered. I, I would agree with you. And um, look, I think it's, it's it's that honeymoon phase right now when it comes to the spring because they, I know they hit on it on, I think it was two games ago, they were asking Ron on the broadcast, like, you know, what's the good things and what are the bad things about spring training? And it was like, yeah, it could be a little bit long. Sometimes you get to that point where you're like, you know, I'm ready to play ball. Like we're in that honeymoon phase right now where it's like, we're so happy that baseball is back, but there's going to be like towards the tail end. We're going to be like, oh, let's just get to the games already. But yes, right now, right this second, it's like, it's great to see baseball on TV when it's actually on TV. Um, the weather is getting better. It's getting warmer. It's rainy here in Jersey today, but the weather itself is a lot warmer than what it was. I'm not waking up and going outside and it's 20 degrees out. Uh, at least it's like in the 40s and 50s, which feels like 90 in comparison to what I usually had. So yeah, it does feel like spring is almost here. Baseball is almost here. But the fact that we're seeing what we're seeing from this Mets team, it's I know it's early, and I'm not jumping ahead with anything, but I, I just wanted to say that overall, and I know others have been talking about this as well, and shout out to all the, the Mets content creators who are, but just the overall vibe for me feels a lot different. And I was trying to think, you know, did I feel this same way last year in terms of vibe 
during the spring. And then I said, you know what? Maybe I did it. Maybe I'm missing something, mainly because last year we, you know, it was the baseball classic. A lot of guys weren't there. It was kind mm-hmm. of broken up. So we didn't really have everyone there in camp at once. Or, or, you know, we did for a little bit and then it was gone. And then you're seeing guys that you didn't really see moving forward. But in general, I just feel like there is this, and, and it's a reason why I'm saying this, it's it's this youthful exuberance. Like, it feels like there's a lot more energy for this team because you know there's a lot of guys out there that are fighting to want to make this roster. They want to be on this team, whether they are minor leaguers or not. Like, they're fighting to be here. We know the confidence that some of them have, the Jet Williams of the world, the Luis Angel Acunas of the world. Like, they say they want to be here, and they're playing like they want to be here. Is that going to happen right away? Probably not, but the fact is, that this goes along with what I've been saying for a while. And that's when you have youth on a team, it pushes veterans and makes the entire team feel different. And the fact that this team is out there playing loose, having a good time. Like, I think that the youth goes a long way with that. And, I, and I'm very happy with what I've seen so far. Yes, it's early. Yes, there's a lot to still be determined. But in general, I think as a Mets fan, you have to be happy. I think you do. I think you said it really, really well. And by the way, everybody who was watching right now, hit the thumbs up button if you have not already. I'm going to jump into the comments. Maybe, um, yeah, and subscribe to the channel. For some reason, we were building, 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 and now we're sitting at four subscribers away from 700 mm, for like so the angry. last week and a half, which oh, is such an obnoxious number to be it away really from. Is. You know, another <laughs> another milestone number. So you know, if you can tell your friends and all that stuff, I think a lot of people who Love watch channel. us that are here every week, they're all already subscribed, which we appreciate. But of course, you know the more. Build, the better it is, the more we can afford fancy theme music and the more we can get partnerships and all that fun yes. stuff. Um, no, which means we can bring you more of, of what we do. So Andrew's saying, how pissed are the LOL Mets crowd that the Mets are looking good so far, even if it's early? And then follows it up by saying, you know, if the Mets were 0-4, the LOL Mets crowd would be so pumped. So you know, it, it's it, there isn't a lot you can take away from spring training on a team functionality basis. I think you could take some things away from certain players, right? Um, There's that old adage of you don't trust what you see in March and September, but you know, guys who have been around before or guys who are on the come up, you know, I look at uh, Drew Gilbert. I look at Jet Williams. I look at Acuna, you know, there's something to be learned about them and their first go around with the big league camp. Um, And then there's something to be learned about the guys like Trace Thompson. You know, Trace Thompson is not a star, but Trace Thompson has produced at the major league level. He's done some things. And so when he comes up and he's trying to make a squad, you can look at that and you could say, oh, okay, look, there's something maybe that the Mets can glean from this. Therefore, there's something that all of us as fans can take away. So, you know, the record doesn't matter, but I did mention the record myself because I think that, you know, I always say it'd be that I'd rather be happy than right when I say stuff that's negative or stuff I think that's not going to go well. And I think there's a large contingent of sports fans, not just baseball fans, not just Mets fans, sports fans that consider themselves pundits, that consider themselves good fans, knowledgeable, mm-hmm. you know, dare I say experts in some ways, they just, they, they consider themselves that, that are like, oh, I think the Mets are going to be bad, so I need them to be bad. And if you listen right. to us, you right. watch us and you follow us, you know that that's not the case for me and you. I would rather be wrong on a take where I say, look, yeah. I don't David Peterson is that good. I'd rather David Peterson come back in June or July and, you, you know, be on a, he wouldn't win the Cy Young, but be on a Cy Young pace. Right. I'd rather just absolutely shove, right. Yeah, I'd rather him figure it out the way Randy Johnson figured it out a couple of years in his career. I'm not saying he's going to be Randy Johnson, but I would rather see that happen right. than he be right. I would gladly eat crow 
over David Peterson or some of the other people that I've had negative, you know, uh, uh, feelings about, you know, uh, certain players that I don't think are that good or whatever. So I think from that standpoint, I think what Andrew's saying is a, is a good point. Um, Keith saying, as usual, it's spring training. Just let it play out. The players look like they're enjoying it. I think that's yeah. another I think when you're talking about the tediousness of spring training or training camp in the NFL or whatever exhibition game and whatever sports that you follow, I think when the players look like they are not just enjoying it, like Keith says, although that's part of it, when they look like they're invested, fully invested, I think that that matters because I think there's something, again, that we as fans can take away from that. And uh, before I bounce it back to you, Jeff, saying, John, the season starts in three weeks with the Dodgers and the Padres in Korea. It starts at 3 a.m. your time. Are you waking up to watch it? Honestly, Jeff, maybe. I've done that a lot. Um, I am such Ibby. I don't even know, like, how much you know this about me. But, like, I I love baseball. I have less time. Not saying that you don't or whatever. But, like, I have less time than I used to, but I've had the MLB package for years and Mm -hmm. I will watch games like especially early in the season. If the, you know, there's a lot of off days in April, I will watch the Yankees. I will watch the Braves. I will watch the teams out here that aren't blacked out. I'd like to watch the Dodgers more, but I don't have cable because I have all the streaming stuff. So I can't really get the Dodgers, but like I'll watch a ton of games, especially yeah. early in the season. Cause I'm so starving for it. So um, I may actually wake up at 3am to watch that depending on, you know, what day of the week it falls on and, and what I have to do for work the next day or whatever. But there's a good shot that I might watch that. Would you? I mean, I, I mean, for that's, that's your time. So that's what for me is that, is it the same time or is it six o'clock for me? Is, uh, is that how it would work? Like, oh, am I waking up would, would that early? Six, would be 6am. So you'd I mean, be waking up probably for work more than likely yeah. <laughs> or just with the kids or whatever, you know? Yeah, pretty much. I would be up at the time. So, I, I mean, if I'm getting ready, I yeah, I would have it on in the background, and you know, in the other room so I don't wake anybody up. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would do that. And I wouldn't be too shocked about that because, you know, sometimes John texts me and, I, I, I you know, it's 6 o'clock my time. I'm like, what the hell are you doing up right now? Like, So don't I, it wouldn't shock me to see John wake up that early uh, to watch a baseball game. But, no, in the beginning, obviously starving for baseball. I, I mean, I don't have the package, but, you know, I – um. I do know that we get that um, – I often get that free trial run for like the first week. So, yeah, I'm flipping through. I'm watching all the games. And you I'm don't have T-Mobile? No, I do not have T-Mobile. Uh, uh, I, I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, changing the T-Mobile just to get the MLB package for free might be worth it. But not for you the guy, yeah. because you live in market. But yeah. I used to pay for it, and then I don't know when they started this, five, six years ago. I have had T-Mobile for like a decade. So – once they switched to like, I was like, I'll never get rid of this thing again. Yeah. Like, you're getting, it's, it's not the baseball package. Isn't as expensive as like Sunday ticket or whatever that's called right. now, whatever it is. But like the, to just get that for free baked in, especially for the last almost five years living out of market. It, I mean, it's the best thing. Like it's one of the best things that like any company has ever done for yeah. me ever. You know, like it's yeah. just great. It's great to have that option. Yeah, and obviously, uh, yo, shout out to the guys that were doing a, a Mets space before on, on X. Um, all those guys were awesome. And they were talking about the same thing that you were just saying. Like, they were talking about the package and, and T-Mobile and, you know, what you have to do to sign up because other guys, other people didn't have a clue about that. Um, I had known about it, but again, you know, I'm a I'm an idiot and I still have Verizon. So, um, you know, paying money out the ass for that. But that's a whole other story. Um, but, uh, yes, in the beginning of the season, all about baseball. And then, obviously, I, I eventually lock in. Because I was like you at once, you know, one time in my life where I had more time uh, watching nonstop baseball all the time. Um, still love baseball, still watch as much as I can, but I'm more zeroed in on the Mets because 
That's what I have. That's, I should say that's what I make the most time for. And obviously, I have a show now that I have to make sure that I'm up for. So that's uh, true. That right. too. Yeah. Yeah. So. You're not gonna. You're not gonna watch the A's instead of watching the Mets just because <laughs> CP Nobody's actually asking that. Will you watch the A's? Um, every once in a while, if they're if they're intriguing in any kind of way. The A's three years ago. Yeah. I mean, yes. that's fun to watch. Places exactly. packed. If Everyone loved the team. Yeah. If they're that kind of A's, I will tune in and watch them. Otherwise, I, you know, like this year, I'm not going to. A's uh, back in the day, yeah. Definitely. Junior, when does the T-Mobile uh, MLB TV kick in? Um, it's right before the season starts. It's T-Mobile Tuesdays, and you can do it for like a week where you can, if you've done it before, you just have to re like add the subscription to your thing. Um, they don't pay us any money for it, but it is a, a really cool thing. So um, I think it's great that. Uh, they offer that to people, again, especially people who live outside of the market. Milo checking in. I think Milo's a first commenter, first-time commenter, hey, saying, you already know I used that TMDUP code at Manscaped this week for a new beard trimmer. Respect, My man. My Milo. Man. Respect thank you. you. Everybody man. can do that, by the way. TMDUP is the Please code. Please do. Please do. Uh, site-wide <laughs> at Manscaped for 20% off and free shipping. But um, look, you know, this is a great one from James. Having a farm system we can get excited about is awesome. It's the first time in a long time. You know, it'd be, I can't think of the last time and look obviously the um the the um the coming out of degrom harvey wheeler those guys you know yeah. mats to a lesser degree and 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 um you know all of the pitchers that we had come down that pipeline that was fun but i think I, maybe it's just me okay but i think it's easier for fans, and I don't just mean casual fans because I'm a diehard, you're a diehard, hell, everybody who watches the show is a diehard fan because yeah. why would they, you know, be, be doing this, hanging out with us if right. they weren't? So, but, I, and you guys could let me know in the comments if I'm off base here because it could just be me. I think it's easier to get excited about everyday prospects than it is to get excited about pitching 100%, prospects. 100%. Just because it's, you, you watch that, right? And like, even there's like a stupid part of like, you know, everybody, like most people played like some semblance of little league. Maybe you played baseball for a long time growing up and, you know, but like a lot of people don't know what it's like to pitch and like really pitch at like mm -hmm. a college level or even like an Uber, like Uber, um, you know, high performance high school level. Some people don't, but I feel like a lot of people just like, I don't know, the regular fan just relates to like a ball player that comes up and plays second base. You know, mm -hmm. everybody has like an idea of like, Oh, second base. Like, so I think it's, there's like a, there's like a connection that a fan can make just the regular fan like us, like, uh, you know, all the folks who, who listen and watch. But I also think there's something because you know, that person's going to be there every day. So when you see, you know, Francisco Alvarez, yeah, that's awesome. That's super exciting. When you watch Pete Alonso come up and do what he did in his rookie year, that's incredible. That's a blast. But I think right now the Mets have the best group of prospects probably since David Wright and Jose Reyes. And so when you look at, you know, just the collection of position player prospects who could make an impact as soon as this season, because I think you're looking at a, a potential for at least Drew Gilbert and Acuna at some point this season being right. on this major league team, if not more. Um, I think that that's a very exciting time because young players are exciting to watch. They're athletic, they're hungry, and they do a lot of things. And I don't care what anybody says. Baseball is a young person's game. All sports are. And baseball in the middle of the steroid era maybe wasn't, but that's long gone now. You don't see too many 40-year-olds in the middle of a lineup 
you know, producing in Major League Baseball. Joey Votto is, you know, a terrific player. I love Joey Votto. His videos are well, hilarious. Uh, but there's a reason why he doesn't have a job right now. He should. I think he I think he can help somebody. Yeah. But, like, there's a reason why teams around the league are like, ah, you know. I mean, we got yeah. a first baseman. He's he's 23. Let's let that guy rock. I wish Toronto would just sign Votto already. It would make sense for him to finish his career there. Um but no, I'm with you. Like the, the excitement that you get from watching someone every day, it's because baseball is every day and baseball is always with you during the summer, uh, into the, you know, into the fall. If your team is good enough, uh, you're, it's with you there every day. And, um, being able to watch those guys progress and grow. I think it's a reason why Mets fans were so frustrated last year, where you were getting the young kids that were coming up and they weren't getting the opportunity on the everyday basis. It was very up and down. It was, it wasn't consistent at all. I think it's why, you know, people like to attach themselves to players like that, which is why I think Mets fans in general always attach themselves so much to prospects and the, and the homegrown player because they fall in love with it so much because they watch this team every day and they love this team so much. Uh, but I'm with you. This this group is exciting. I know people rag on it because of the size of them. Oh, one guy's 5'9", another guy's 5'8", another one's 5'6". Like, I don't give a damn about that. Like, these guys can go up there and they can hit the ball. Um, you can attach them because if you want to throw on a, even an underdog type of mentality to some of them, like a Jet Williams, and then you go out there and you see him perform, it's fun to watch. And baseball's meant to be fun. So, you know, being able to have these guys within this system – it is exciting because I think Keith said it in the comments before. It has been a while since, you know, like you mentioned, David Wright and Jose Reyes. He threw in Murphy and Ike Davis and obviously Pete Alonso. But it's been a long time since we've been able to look down and say, okay, we have, you know, a great player coming up. But we have an exciting player coming up. Obviously, we had Francisco Alvarez last year. Beatty and Vientos didn't really pan out the way we thought. Ronnie gets hurt, you know, was flashing a little bit. But other than that, it was always seeing guys where you're like, ugh. Nothing's there's nothing really to get excited about. So the fact that we do have that now is uh is uh you know it, it's it's a very exciting thing. And I think the, you know for me at least I'm very pumped up to see what Drew Gilbert does. I think he's going to see some time with this team relatively quickly. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely. A fun I agree. Time. Let me ask you, Abby. Do you think um, yeah. if you had to pick a guy, and it's not necessarily skill, but skill <laughs> is part of it. Like or not just skill, but skill and readiness and all the things that you know, you need to have to call a guy up to the bigs. Do you think that if somebody said, Hey, you have to, you know, you have to bet a thousand dollars or whatever on who you think is going to come up first. Would you put that money on Drew Gilbert? Not only because of his skill set, but because of the position he plays and the potential that the Mets might need him with the injury history of Bader, the unpredictability <laughs> of Marte. And, you know, he's been better lately, but also the injury history of Nimmo. You know, I yeah. think, all of a sudden, you go from being really strong with two potential center fielders on your roster in Nimmo to Bader, and then, you know, to having not a lot of center field options on your roster in the blink. You know, Trace Thompson's it might make his way onto this team. DJ Stewart is probably going to find his way onto this team one way or another at some point. Taylor, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but, you know, I mean, none of those guys are really after Bader and Nimmo, you know, mm -hmm. as a precipitous drop-off of guys who can play center field. Now, I know – Acuna feels comfortable out there, kind of, sort of, but I think, you know, so I think he's the wild card in here, but I think the best pure outfielder is Drew Gilbert. So for yeah. me, if I had to bet money on it, I would go for Gilbert. What about you? I, I, I'm with you. I think Gilbert is the one that is probably going to show that he's the most ready and it makes the most sense. But I also think there's a lot of variables, uh, variables with this. And the ones that you mentioned are spot on because of the injury history, because of, um, uh, you know, the, the lack of overall, you know, 
depth, if you will, because of potential set injury. I think Gilbert does make a lot of sense, but there are other uh, avenues as well where I could possibly see even a Luis Angel Acuna coming up early because what if things don't pan out at third base? We haven't seen much from Vientos and Beatty so far. I know it's early in the spring, but we haven't seen much. So the idea could be floated. One of them, Acuna moving to third base or McNeil moving to third base and then opening up a spot at second base and then letting Acuna play there. Like there are ways that other players could find their way here, but I do think it's going to be neck and neck between the likes of Gilbert and Acuna in terms of who's here first. But I, if, if I had to put money, I would say Gilbert because I think he's going to be the most polished and most ready. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I do agree. Again, I think Acuna is the, the dark horse because pure shortstop, but comfortable playing second, comfortable in the outfield. Look good. In the, look good yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we got a, a comment here um, a second ago from, from Jeff Cohen saying, does Jet Williams get some reps in the outfield? I think we'll he try. will in the we'll spring try. because yeah. I know he's done a little bit of that in the minors as well. Um, so I think he's another person, but I just think Jet is a little bit behind, and I don't mean that as a slight to him. Um, I know he's the number one prospect in the organization, according to most lists right now, but I think he's got a little bit more seasoning. I think he needs to get, you know, a lot of reps in AAA, where I think, you know, Gilbert and Acuna are a bit ahead in that regard. So I think Acuna's ability to play infield, outfield makes him the dark horse. I think if he hits and the Mets have an opening at in center field, I think they might go there for him if he's hitting and Gilbert isn't, or if he's in AAA and Gilbert isn't, you know, stuff like that. The other part of it is too, it's something that you and I have talked about. I know a lot of people don't love McNeil at third base because he doesn't profile as a third baseman. And I know in that shortened 2020 season, a lot of people soured on McNeil's defense because he basically had the yips, couldn't play there, and they had to get J.D. Davis in. I think... And you know I like parts of McNeil's game, and you know I would would have been willing to move on from McNeil if Ronnie Mauricio didn't get hurt and certain other things happened. But I think McNeil's a better third baseman than he showed in 2020. And I just think it was so bad, and it was the last time we've seen him there. And I think a lot of people have that image burned in their mind, which is fair because it was really bad, and it was the last thing we saw. But I do think if that that season wasn't 60 games, I think McNeil finds his way back to third base. That, mm-hmm. that season went against the adage of baseball that it's not a marathon. It's, uh, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It right. was a sprint. It was a sprint. And they were like, we got to put somebody else out here. J.D. Davis ain't any good either, but at least he's a third baseman. He's got a good arm, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, if the Mets are struggling at third base in the short term, I would not be surprised if you see Jeff McNeil back there at third base and you see, uh, you know, either Acuna or Jet Williams, I'm going to say Acuna for argument's sake, over at second base. I, I just think that that's a, a, a real possibility. I want to jump back into the comments sure. before I bop, bop, little, little, pop this one over <laughs> next to you. Yeah. Um, we have Shay saying 100%. Chris Ram saying absolutely. We have uh, Mr. Nobody. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, CP, yeah, you're right, John. And uh, Junior saying perfectly said. And all of that is in regards to, um, you know, uh, position prospects being – a little bit more exciting than pitcher prospects, you know, for the, I don't, again, just not saying that you guys are average, but just the average fan, like we all are, you know, yeah. the real, like the good fans are just like, yeah, I'd rather see somebody come up and, and play every day. It's just a little easier to get excited for. Um, Keith saying Gilbert definitely seems to be on uh, the rocket path to the majors right now. I, I do, I do I, see yeah. a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, Ibi, let me bounce this one over to you because I believe this is a new commenter. Correct me if I'm wrong. Jose Welcome Lopez. 
uh, Maya saying, I'm worried about Beatty. If he wants to be the regular third baseman, he has to cut down on his strikeouts and hit left-handed pitches. You know that I am not, um, I'm not, I'm I, look, I'm all but ready to move on from Beatty. Let's put it that okay. way. I don't love Beatty. Um, it's early, but you're right. Nobody has really taken the reins with regards to this third baseman's job. And I know it's freaking five games into spring training. There's yeah. a lot left to play out. Plenty. Yeah. But like I said earlier, where, you know, you can only take stock into certain things in spring training. I think this is one of them. The yes. Beatty Vientos conundrum and then their impact on the third base job. Like that is one that every Mets fan should be watching and going over with a fine tooth comb yes. because you bet your ass David Stearns is and Carlos Mendoza is. And you, like everybody's looking at it that way because every fairly unfairly, whatever, every single at bat that they take every play, every chance they have in the field, is helping or hurting their stock. It's almost like you're playing MLB The Show where your attributes go up and down based yeah. on, you know, individual games. That's the that's the barrel that they are staring down right now. So I don't think it's ridiculous to be worried about Beatty. I was worried about Beatty from the jump. I was worried about Vientos from the jump. I think both of them, you know, having solidified jobs on this team, you know, just as a, as a handout is the wrong move. And maybe they won't. You know, maybe they're both so bad. Maybe Jeff McNeil's the opening day third baseman, and maybe your DH platoon is Trace Thompson and DH and DJ Stewart. Maybe. You know, I, I think it's going to be tough uh, because you know if they if it's it's an absolute nightmare if this spring goes by and we're heading into opening day or opening weekend or whatever it may be, and Beatty or Vientos just never grabbed the reins and they both stunk and they both aren't here. Like that's an absolute nightmare, especially when you chose to basically say we're going in-house for third base. So no matter what, I do think one of them, at least one of them will be here. The, obviously I think their, their hope is that both can be here playing third base in the DH spot um, or at least filling in at that at spot. Uh, but I did want to bring up a comment real quick. And it was Jose's again saying how he doesn't think McNeil's suited for third base, he's proven that he's better suited for second base in the corner outfield position. He feels more comfortable at second base. We agree, one thousand percent. But here's here's what I'm most interested in, and this is where I think we're going to find out a lot about David Stearns, and that is where a spot where I felt Billy Epler failed, and that was ever admitting that he was wrong. If mm. you admit and say that, look, I was wrong. He was wrong when it got to the point with Daniel Vogelback. Daniel Vogelback at a point. At, you know, when we talked about this at nauseum, when we spoke on, I don't, I'm sorry. I said the name that should not be, should not be said, but it's okay. He's gone. You could say it now, but, but the fact is he was the best bat statistically acquired at that deadline, but it got to the point where you did not need to see him anymore. And we should have seen Vientos, but that again, in my opinion, was stubbornness on Epler's part to prove that what he did was right. Same thing with Darren Ruff. You kept on running the guy out there. It didn't work. You finally cut him well after the fact. I want to see if David Stearns is a little bit more, you know, prudent, if you will, not prudent, a little bit more aggressive, if you will, in terms of if something is not going right and something is proven to be failing, trying something. We know that McNeil is better at second and probably the outfield as well. But if it gets to the point where this team, and honestly, beyond Vientos and Beatty, this team doesn't have a third baseman in this in this entire franchise. There's no third baseman. There, there really isn't. So, and then one that we think that it could be is, is out for the year. So, 
I think that the the idea of trying something like moving McNeil, especially if Acuna and Jet are performing extremely well, that's a that's a big that's a big ask. They're they're performing extremely well. They're hitting the cover off the ball, playing great defense. They're providing something that could help this team at the lower level. They want to bring them up. If those things are happening, I want to see if Stearns can say, "Look, I wanted to see something from these guys. It didn't work. I'm ready to move on." That to me is going to be a big part. And I know we've been talking about oh what he does at the deadline. That's going to really be a proving point for Stearns in terms of when we start to actually grade him. I know I said that the previous week, but when talking about this lineup and these players that we have here right now, if things don't go right, I want to see if he's going to say, "Okay." These guys are playing well. Let's shift some things around. Let's try some things out and see what sticks. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I think you've said that really well. And I think that's kind of, um, to go back to the the original comment from Jose, like, this is not me. It maybe sounded a little bit like me advocating for Jeff McNeil to play third base. I just said, I think he's a bit better than he showed the last time we saw him do it. That doesn't mean that I think he's a good third baseman or he needs to be there. But like you said, it is empty. The farm system has a lot of middle infielders. The farm system has a lot of guys. I mean, outside of maybe it'd be uh, Colin Houck, who's in single A. <laughs> you know what I mean, like he's low A. You're ready, right? Yeah. yeah. Colin Houck maybe as is a shortstop prospect who might be a third baseman in the major leagues, a la Ronnie Mauricio. Well, Ronnie Mauricio is out for the year with a torn ACL, and Colin Houck is 11 years old. So it's it's just not going to happen today. It's not going to happen this season. So I think more than me advocating for it is sort of the 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 chessboard or the, the the where you can move pieces around to make it make sense. You know what I mean? You're sitting there going, okay, well. Acuna is not a third baseman, but we need a third baseman. We'll slide McNeil over at least for a little bit, see if that works, put Acuna at second. Yeah. You know, because one thing that these guys with some versatility have shown, whether it's Acuna or whether it's Jet Williams, um, there hasn't been, despite the fact that they're both shortstop prospects, Ibby, there has, and the Mets could need a third baseman, there has not been a ton of conversation about either one of them playing third base. It's always second base, outfield, second base, outfield. That's all you hear. And that's not me. I don't watch them every day. I have no idea. You know, if if Jet can play third base, if he, you know, or if Acuna can play third, I, I have no clue, quite frankly. I'm just going off of what the Mets have sort of shown us by how they've been, um, you know, sort of talking about it. So let's jump back into the comments really quick. Uh, Aunt Rivera saying, is Beatty heading that Dom Smith, Dom Smith route? Ibby, what do you think? I mean, it's possible. And again, shout out to, uh, to Jolly Olive who said it's getting late early. And, um, you know, it, it's, 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 it feels like it might be going that way again. It's early. I don't want to jump to conclusions just yet because all it takes is a hot three or four games of hitting the ball, hitting the cover off the ball to change things around. But, you know, right now to me, it's, it's not looking, it's not looking all that great, but hopefully things can change over the next, you know, over the next week or so. I think, I think he is again, gun yeah. to my head. If I had to bet money on it, I would say that. Right now, Brett Beatty has more of a chance, and this is just my opinion. I think if you ask me right now, I would say Brett Beatty has more of a chance to be off of this team before the season is over, whether that's a full season in the minors or traded or whatever. Brett Beatty has more of a chance to be off of the major league roster than he does to be the everyday third baseman. 
before the season's over. That's my opinion. Um, a lot of people with a lot of different takes about this third base situation. Paul Revere yeah. saying, I think Stern should look to trade the surplus of prospects and try to find someone else's third base prospect. Maybe Parada, Beatty for another team's third base prospect if there's a match. Well, I think at in this, a perfect world, that's great, yeah. but I don't think that happens now. Yeah, and Paul, I think, um, you know, if anything, from what we've seen so far from Parada, like, I, right now he's not getting you much because he's not You're not getting anything for Beatty or Parada. No, there's nothing to get there. So it's like until these guys build up, you know, some 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 of that prospect prestige again, you're not getting much for them. So I, I know that a lot of times, you know, fans of teams build up their own prospects and think because they're ranked highly or somewhat highly within a system that they're going to get something for them. But right now, I don't think you're getting much for Parada until he actually shows out and proves himself to be better defensively and starts to actually hit the ball. Yeah, I, I mean, hard to argue with that. Um We've got another one, this one from Carson checking in saying, watching Beatty and Vientos exchange uncompetitive at-bats the last few days has me wondering if Trace Thompson can sling <laughs> the hot corner. Obviously, um, a little tongue-in-cheek there and at the at the very end from, from Carson. You know, Trace Thompson, not a third baseman, but it's true. You know, it, it would be great if the Mets – you know, go out and they sign a guy like Tom, like uh, the Thompson equivalent of a third baseman, you know, kind of a journeyman player with some pop who they, you know, could have had as this insurance policy. Thompson's a good insurance policy in the outfield. They don't really have one at third base, which is why, again, I am not advocating for Jeff McNeil. I just think that it's, it may happen, you know, like, We've got uh, Carson saying third base is a power position, meaning McNeil doesn't belong there. He Absolutely. But he right doesn't. now we have no one at third base. Like, it's but, like, I need something. That, exactly. like, that That's the biggest thing. Like, I, I'm with you wholeheartedly, Carson, that, that third base, the corner outfield, the corner infield, those spots are meant for guys that hit the shit out of the ball and actually hit for power and home runs. And Jeff McNeil is not that. We know that. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, we're not getting what we want from the given position. Again, it's early. Maybe you get it from Vientos. Maybe you get something from Beatty. We don't know just yet. We're going to let it breathe a little bit longer. But, you know, when you look at it in totality, like the entire picture, like it might be something you have to settle for for at least a season. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like everybody in the comments right now, we're not disputing you. No, you're, not at you're, all. Everybody's no. making like – or you're either making good points, raising good questions, but that's – all any of us can do right now. And, and it's just, and that's what we're doing too. We're yeah. saying, well, uh, I mean, McNeil can stand out there better than some people can, you know, and McNeil's going to play every day. You know, I was all about trading Jeff McNeil when I thought Ronnie, when Ronnie Mauricio was healthy, but once Ronnie Mauricio is out for the year, you really, the Mets really can't trade Jeff McNeil right now. They don't have enough yet. I mean, now look, if, Jet Williams comes up this year and proves that he could play third base and Acuna comes up this year and he plays second base. Yeah. Then maybe you could trade Jeff McNeil if he's, you know, hitting well, but right now today, basically every moment from when Mauricio got hurt until, you know, if Acuna and Williams and a couple other players are ready for the major leagues, you can't trade. You can't trade Jeff McNeil this year. Um, that's my sports saying, would Wendell be good at third base? Wendell's a terrific third baseman, but um, he can't play every day. No. Wendell can't. can bounce around, play the – Wendell is Luis Guillorme, if you're not familiar with his game. Joey Wendell is Luis Guillorme with a little bit more pop, a little not bit more credentials, much. not yeah. saying much, like a like a, literally yeah. like an eyedropper's worth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, slightly more pop, 
Um, he has a better career resume in that he made an all-star team. You know, you don't want to, I know people don't put a ton of stake into that. You make one all-star team. It's a little random, but that is something that Guillaume has never done. So he's had a little bit better of a career resume and he plays more positions because he can play short, third, second, both corner outfields. So, you know, he's, that's what he is. Um, he'll slide around. He'll give you some spot starts, but that's all he can do. Joe K saying to be fair. To Vientos, he played much better in August and September when he got regular he playing time. 100%. He did, he did, but my buddy Matt making this point for me, I don't think that either Vientos nor Beatty can defensively play third base over 162. Very I think true. Beatty has a better pedigree of being able to play defense, but we haven't seen it. Not no. consistently. No. And I don't think, and by the way, Matt checking in from Twitter, which thank you for doing that. Thank um, you. You know, I, but you know, Ibby, you know that I said I think Vientos is barely a first baseman in the major leagues. Right. I think he can back up first base, be your DH part-time first baseman if he hits, but there's no guarantee of that. Um, we got Grant saying Jeremiah Jackson is a sleeper. I agree, but again, <laughs> he's not going to help now. No, like when it comes to Jackson, obviously they put him through the Rule 5. No one picked him up, so they were able to keep him. Look, he, he had a very strong season last year. Uh, I was able to watch him when he played – when the when Binghamton came to uh, Somerset to play the Patriots, I was at one of their games and he hit a home run. He looked good at the plate and he put up solid numbers. He is someone that you might be able to get some run out of. But here's here's another thing, another way to look at that. If we get to the point, and this is I'm not trying to put a knock on him because, like I said, he just he he did have a solid season. But if we do get to the point where Jeremiah Jackson is being called up to play games at third base, we're kind of like I think that I think me just saying that kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. Yo, you're right. Yeah. Uh, we got a few more on this, and then you will take this into the break. Um, and you know, kind of come out of it talking about some different stuff. Although I'm sure we'll circle back to this because this is a big topic yeah. for the Mets right now. Um, we got I think I'm saying this right, Pinoy. Um, checking in also from Twitter X saying bring Holland Colin Hoke uh, to be the third baseman again, a name we've mentioned, years um, away. but yeah. he's years away. I joked yeah. that he was 11 years old. I mean, he he basically is. Um, this one from Matt, they need a true third baseman, not someone who can play third base. True. Again, we fully agree. agree, but this Just year, this year, not you here. might not have an option. And Ibby, this is how I want to end this portion of the conversation. Yeah, um, we've seen sadly the dream is dead. Cody Bellinger. If I had the patience and I didn't think people were going to sign off, I would ring that bell 21 times. <laughs> Salute of. I honestly, I'm glad because I said to Chris on Twitter, like we're going to ring it one more time, you know, in, in memory. I, I honestly was like this close to editing the video and just adding like the pouring of the 40 out at the end of it. You should have. Like I, sh I wanted to add it, but I, I didn't. Um, this is but... a behind the curtain thing. Like I told Debbie <laughs> before we went live, the reason why we were a couple of minutes late was I was building a piece of furniture for my apartment and I kind of got sidetracked and I was like, oh, I got to go and whatever. You guys don't care about that. But um, the, I was doing that and I was also had this idea of making one that was like a, like a very sad, like uh, military burial kind of <laughs> like the whole thing <laughs> for cody ballinger so um 
Look, uh, so the reason why I bring that up is to actually bring up this this um, comment that came in earlier at the start of this conversation, again from Pinoy. And again, let me know if I'm saying that right. I uh, just want to get your name right. Um, saying we should sign Chapman since I don't think Beatty and Vientos can grab the third base spot. Now, look, Ibby, we have talked ad nauseum on this show about whether or not the Mets should get back involved with some of these players that are still lingering out there and when it makes sense for them to, in terms of financially. And we've both said that it's Steve Cohen, so you never can say no. The Mets do have some needs, so you never can say no. Mm-hmm. But because the Mets are paying 110% on every dollar, these deals that are $20 million are like $38 million, these you know mm-hmm. annually and stuff like that. So you have to look at that when you are spending this money, potentially. And because... A lot of these guys come with that extra 100% plus tacked onto their contract. And they also come with, except for Jordan Montgomery, forfeiting picks because of the qualifying offer. And international money. And international money. You cannot afford to give any of these guys a one-year deal. Otherwise, Ibby, I would have made a case. If the the qualifying offer didn't exist, just the money, just the paying 110% on top of whatever dollars you're spending, if there was no loss of international money and there was no loss of a draft pick, I could make a case with Steve Cohen, and I think you'd agree with me, that the Mets could have signed all four of them to one-year deals. The Mets could have signed Bellinger, Chapman, uh, Snell, and Montgomery at different points in the offseason to one-year deals. Now, obviously, some of them don't make sense now. You understand what I mean. But yeah, right. it's more than the money because I don't want people to sit here and go, well, Cohen has so much money, it doesn't matter. But it it does when, you know, this is the point from Shea, from Subway to Shea. The deals are basically double right now because of the tax. You stomach that double for one year if you're also not giving up anything else and it makes your team marketedly better. But I don't know if you if you can. Now, the the caveat to that, and this is where I'm going to toss it over to you, we've now seen maybe the blueprint, $26 million over three years, which is what Cody Bellinger got, mm-hmm. 80 for three with, three with two opt-outs, with an opt-out after every year. Let me ask you, if you can entertain something in that ballpark and that ballpark exclusively, would you bring in Matt Chapman? Are you saying like that's like, oh, are we just speaking from 25, a- $25 million a year? So 25 to 20, it, Bellinger's is 26, but 25, just a round number, $25 million a year for three years with an opt out after every year, knowing. That that 25 this year is almost fucking 50, which is insane. But would be, yeah, it would be like 45. Yeah. If he has a monster season, he's going to opt out anyway, which leaves you off the hook for paying the contract the following year. But then the downside is you've sacrificed the draft pick and the international money. So there's good and bad with those opt outs. Plus, plus going over. Plus going over, I think, again, you're trying to play this 
this roller coaster game of being up over it, but then coming down. So it basically resets for you. So it's like, are you willing to sacrifice this for a Matt Chapman, essentially? Um, for me, no, I'm not. I, I'm not big on Matt Chapman. Uh, I understand he's better than what we have. But if I'm doing this, I would much rather take I'd rather I'd much rather bite the bullet and get a pitcher as opposed to even everything we've just said about the base, mainly because you have options that I think are easier to attain moving forward, be it at the deadline or next year to help with third base. Whereas I think I don't like going into off seasons 100% resetting bullpens or starting pitching, which is what we've done. And which is why I think if they wanted to entertain and get back into something, Jordan Montgomery makes the most sense, mainly because it can add stability to the pen next year. Again, uh, to the uh, to the rotation next year, because there's only one guy in the rotation next year under contract, and that guy is hurt right now. So, like, that's why I think something like that makes more sense if I'm going to do something like this. But straight up, just ask me the question you did, Matt mm -hmm. Chapman. I still don't think I, I don't think I would. No. Yeah. Um. To answer Stevie Mac's question, yes. And I apologize to baseball tone. Tone, I'm sorry. I know you love <laughs> Chapman. I apologize to you. I still love you. Montgomery uh, is the only one of these guys that we're talking about, Montgomery, Snell, and Chapman, who does not have a qualifying offer because he was ineligible to receive one because he was traded midseason. Um, I do think, uh, and yes, Carlos Ortiz, 25 mil with the tax, thank you for doing the math, is 15. 52.5 million. 52.5 million. And that's why it's hard. That's why, like, yeah. even though – even though Ibby, like I have on this show to you, to these listeners and viewers, like I've advocated for some of these guys because Steve Cohen plays with monopoly money. We understand that, but Steve Cohen's $25 million. If it was a true 25, I think we're talking about something different mm -hmm. at 50 chief, 50 fucking million dollars. It's insane. Now look, Carson likes Matt Chapman. I know he likes him less after his tenure in Toronto, but he says, the limit would be one year with a player option, 15 to 20 mil. The problem is Beatty would become a non-option um, uh, backtracking on the youth approach. Stern seems to enforce all season. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's good from a couple different spots. Um, Rosie saying if the Mets are going to spend, it makes more sense for them to sign a pitcher who will be here after 2024, which is exactly what you said about Jordan Montgomery. Um, and then as an overview – Paul Revere saying, I can't blame them for not signing uh, someone if it's costing them almost double, wait another year. That's just an overarching viewpoint. And I think everybody, um, everybody again in those comments, making good points. And that's why, Ibby, I think that Montgomery, when you look at the tax implications, you look at the stability, you look at the international draft money, and you look at the draft pick. Montgomery makes the most sense, especially yeah. on the heels of the Senga injury that we'll talk about in the second half. And I hope that he's okay, relatively okay. But, you know, the, the Mets don't really have any starters signed after next year. Nope. So if you go out and you sign Jordan Montgomery right now, yeah, you're going to pay extra for him this year. You're going to pay extra for him next year. But then the tax is going to reset a little bit and everything's going to be a little different. Da 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 da. But when you look at, when you look at what he can potentially offer you in terms of rotation stability and the fact that you don't have to forfeit anything to get him, Jordan Montgomery still makes the most sense. Um, 
That said, Ibby, we're at 50 minutes. We've been doing about an hour and a half. So we got about 30, 40 minutes left to play with. Um, yeah. uh, we are going to head into the break. Everybody who's watching live, the break is just a 30-second ad spot that we need for the audio version of this show. So if you're watching live for the first time, and I think there are some of you who are, thank you for joining. And you're like, I don't want to sit through a break. It is just 30 seconds, and we will be right back. Like Ibby said, subscribe to the channel if you're watching here on YouTube. Uh, last we checked, entering this show, we were just four subscribers away from 700. So we appreciate that. Hopefully we can get there. Um, I'm John. That's Ibby. This is Tilt Mets Do Us Part. We'll be right back. Yo, it's John with Till Mets Do Us Part, and 2024 is here and in full swing, and that means it's time for a New Year's resolution check-in with our friends at Manscaped. Newsflash, it is never too late for the man in your life to level up his grooming game. Manscaped's new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether he's going for a trim or that clean-shaven look, this trimmer has him covered. Trusted by 10 million men worldwide, now's his time to get a grip on his grooming with our exclusive offer. Go ahead and head on over to manscaped.com. Use the code TMDUP. That's TMDUP for Till Mets Do Us Part for 20% off site-wide and free shipping. The ball is dropped. But don't let him drop the ball on his balls. Come on. Hey guys, it's Matt Ibanez here, a.k.a. Ibby from Tillmets to His Part. And I want to let you know about our new partner, Independent Safes. Independent Safes are protecting homes and businesses with secure residential and commercial safes. Fireproof peace of mind in every corner. Visit IndependentSafes.com today for security that stands strong. everybody welcome back into tilt mets do us part john sapinaro matt ibby ivanez live on youtube live on twitter uh and when you're watching us live that is the best way to interact with the show become a full-fledged participant with your questions your comments your concerns all the stuff and today ibby it's been predictably all of those things and it's been really really good stuff um and that's why we appreciate everybody who tunes in live it's the best way to make sure that that happens um is if you are watching us in real time. But we understand that not everybody can do that all the time. So if you came here late, like um, some folks did, no big deal. You can watch the entire show once we're done with it. It lives on our YouTube channel forever. If you have to duck out early, that's cool too. We're going to miss you, but you can go back and watch the show as well. We also should mention that about an hour, sometimes even less, 30 minutes, Olivia doing a great job editing and getting our stuff posted on all of the – audio platforms about a half an hour to an hour after we're done here on the live stream you can start to listen to us on apple spotify google amazon all of those places and more we do understand that there's still a little bit of an issue with us having two streams on apple and amazon we're working on it our old stream kind of still exists the new stream also exists so you may have to refind us and resubscribe but on Spotify, Google, and a bunch of other platforms, everything is normal. Everything is ready. It's just some back-end nonsense we are dealing with. Um, Ibby, before we get back into the conversation, there's plenty to talk about here. Um, do want to mention um, – we got to mention Manscaped. We haven't really talked about them. Um, and we also have uh, a new – we have we have something new that we can talk about. Yeah, we'll talk about Manscaped course. first. Yeah. You see the um, – you see the promo code at the bottom. It's TMDUP. 20% off and free shipping site-wide 
on Manscaped, courtesy of me and Ibby, the code TMDUP for Till Mets Do Us Part. And Ibby, I, I know I say this a lot, but it's true. Look, they give us great reads, and the products, are they stand for themselves, right? I can read this. I don't need to read it because yeah. they sent us the products. The products work. And if you don't yes. think you're a manscaping guy, you're like, I don't need that. I like being hairy. That's cool too. They offer a lot of things that you don't think that they're going to offer. They have really comfortable, really lightweight, really good athletic underwear. They send mm-hmm. us each a pair of it. Yep. I wear it when I work out. I wear it when yep. I play softball. It's great. You know what? If you have a beard like me, you need to trim up your beard. They have beard trimmers. Mm-hmm. If you are somebody who shaves your head like you, Mm-hmm. You can do that too with Manscaped. Yeah. If you're somebody who has a lot of tattoos like me and you want to show them off and you want to shave your arms, well, I do that. You could do that with Manscaped. There's a lot of different options. Everybody, I'm sorry, everybody who's a dude of a certain age should be trimming their damn nose hairs and their yes. ear hair because yes. that shit will get unruly. And you could do that with Manscaped. All their stuff works. And, um, you know, if you use the code TMDUP, you get – um. off and free shipping, like I said, site-wide on everything, including the package that you see here, which is the Performance Package 4.0, which is what the folks over at Manscaped sent us. So, Ibi, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, and I'm with you, obviously, 100%. If you guys have never used it before, give it a shot. Uh, Of course, tell them that we sent you. And, uh, yeah, everything – I've been with Manscaped for a while. I'm not just trying this because it's the first time of us getting a read or anything. I've been um, someone that's been using Manscaped for a while. I love their products. It works very well. And obviously, every time they come out with something new, it's a better product because they are always trying to get better. Like anyone always is when it comes to business, you want to put out better products. So again, TMDUP at checkout, get your free shipping and 20% off. And obviously, you want all the good people here that watch us and follow along with us to utilize it. And guess what? Even if you're a jackass on X, I'll still send you one anyway and make sure you try to try to uh, you know better yourself and you know put on a smile and have a good day. Well, you know what, Ibi, honestly, I, we'll stop talking about this in a second. But earlier, Keith said, by the way, the New Jersey's look like stadium giveaway quality, which is true. <laughs> we talked about a lot of that last week. Yeah. Um, and James Dowling said, how about oh those pants? God. And you know what? <laughs> There's a lot of major league baseball players that could probably benefit from using Manscaped this year. Because shame, you know boys. what? They are going to – we're all going to see your balls. Uh, <laughs> we are going to see it, whether we want to or not. Stadium oh. lights are bright. Those pants are white, and they are fucking thin. You're going <laughs> nothing to the imagination. Whether you're like the, the, the reliever, I think, in the Nationals, they're going to see your underwear. We're going to see what oh color it is. Um, if you're that poor son of a bitch from the Giants, you're going to see your whole nuts. It just oh is what God. it is. So, you know, um, you might want to manscape. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. Just just to continue and finish up the housekeeping, uh, we did latch on with someone else. We did work in with a new affiliate program uh, for the show. They they've seen us. Uh, one of the two partners is actually a big Mets fan, and uh, once we had the conversation, he actually said that he did know us. So um, he does follow the show. I don't know if he watches off there, he listens on the audio, but respect to you. And obviously, I want to give a shout out to them and do a quick read for them as well. And that is Independent Safes. Okay, Independent Safes is protecting homes and businesses with secure residential and commercial safes, fireproof peace of mind in every corner. Visit independentsafes.com today for security that stands strong. And obviously, I'll make sure to link things into the description as well as the comments so you guys can click the link if you are interested in anything or you know someone that is interested in wanting to protect themselves when it comes to home belongings. They have all kinds of stuff. So if you are curious about the type of thing, I will link it in the description as well as the comments after the show so you guys can check it out. 
Yeah. You know what? That is, uh, that is great. You know, for some people who are, uh, you know, a little older than me and Ibby and well, Ibby owns a house. I don't, and I probably never will. Uh, <laughs> maybe you have belongings that are, of course, you know, yes. we're in late stage capitalism. Maybe you have belongings that you want to protect in a safe me, eh, not so much, but you know what? Maybe, <laughs> know. maybe one day, maybe one day know. this show takes off and I actually have things that I need to keep safe. <laughs> who knows? Um, no, seriously, that is uh, like it is important. It's important for fireproofing too. I'm I'm speaking tongue in cheek here. Um, it's important for fireproofing things like that. If you have important documents, stuff like that is of course you, you never stay know. on top. You gotta stay on top of your shit. Um, yeah. Charlie's <laughs> saying, yeah, I'm almost seventy two. You're right about the nose hair. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and uh, Paul, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that your horse leaves the stable every time you got that we start talking about shaving balls. <laughs> He's not doing that. You could, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to shave him. That's up to you. That's yeah. honestly, um, and Mr. Nobody MLB sponsored by D's nuts. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, literally Charlie saying, cool, a safe place to keep my nose trimmer. You know what? You win. You win all the comments. That's a good one. That's a good one, Charlie. Hey, um, you know, oh. let's, um, let's talk really quickly about Kodai Senga. And the reason why I say quickly is not because it's important. It's not important, but because I don't know what else like i don't know what we can add anybody can add right now like i said in the open in a way it's not as bad as we thought right and in a way it's a little worse than we thought when we recorded last week you and i said let's wait let's reserve judgment let's see what it is maybe it's just a little bit dead arm it was worse than that but after the mri the imaging he gets the prp the platelet rich uh something like that P prp is that what it's called we'll call, we'll Plate PRP. yeah platelet rich <laughs> injections or whatever the yeah. fuck i don't know modern science what he gets that <laughs> um you know so uh it's so it's a little better than we thought it's a little worse than we thought but right now mm -hmm. he's off for throwing for at least three weeks which means he's not going to make opening day we already knew that i do appreciate the transparency of david stern saying right away hey he's not going to make opening day that shot but we expect him to um you know, make a lot of starts. Carlos Ortiz saying it's AARP. No, that was our <laughs> pitching staff last, last year. That's last what you're thinking year. about. You're thinking about Justin Verlander <laughs> and uh, and and Max Scherzer, who, by the way, probably trimmed their nose hairs. Just saying. Um, <laughs> so, you know, what are your what are your thoughts right now on on Kodai Senga and that whole situation? I mean, obviously, I hate when stuff like this happens, and I understand frustration of Mets fans where it's like, and we talked about this last week too, the idea of you know, three seasons in a row starting off where a pitcher is hurt from DeGrom to Verlander to to uh, to Sanga. It's like, I, I get the frustration. I know it sucks. But the fact that, you know, people were willing to jump off the cliff right away and then we're still harping and then listening to doctors online and all this stuff saying, oh my God, it's June. If that, if things go proper, look, let it play out. It's looking like he's going to probably miss the first month and then we'll go from there. Um, and all we can do is hope for the best. Look, do I think they're going to go out and spend and get someone to bring in? <sighs> Not really. I think that this is Tyler McGill's job. I think this is his spot. Um, I think he's looked sharp so far. Carson said in the comments before how his slider is back. We're going to see that editorial there. I'm not, not that this is a clean <laughs> show. I'm just, I don't feel like saying it, but you guys are watching live. You can read it. His slider is back though. It, it does look like it's back so far. Yeah. And then obviously that coupled with, you know, he didn't really get a chance to, as he said, deploy the American spork as it's being coined. 
Uh, but we'll see how that works into his entire repertoire. If it adds more to him, he's throwing hard. Um, you know, and, and we'll see what, what happens when it comes to the likes of Joey Lucchese and Jose Buto and things like that. But look, I think that there are options that they are going to try and piece together until Sanga does get back. But for me, it sucks because he's not here opening day. And obviously we want, we want to see things always all proper from day one to see what type of team you are out of the gate. So it, it kind of eliminates the whole, well, what if, if this person was here, what if that didn't miss this amount of time? I get that. But, you know, I, I'm hoping that, you know, that first month goes by, the prep is proper. Um, you know, it's going to probably take him about six weeks to ramp up. So again, you'll probably see him somewhat first, second week of that second month of the season. And hopefully things are all ready to go. And the biggest thing is just taking care of him from the jump once he does get back. So this doesn't crop up again and he's gone again like that. The biggest, the biggest thing isn't coming back. The biggest thing is maintaining him when he comes back. That's the biggest problem. Or yeah, biggest you issue. don't, you don't want to find yourself in a knock on wood. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, Johan Santana, you know, severe capsule injury situation, you know, a strain back there is not a big deal. You know, you're going in for surgery back there you know, you may never be the same pitcher again. And that's something that's, that's important to note. Um, Milo, thank you, Charlie. Thank you. I could not rich. There we go. Cause I, I was like, I was like, I know it's PRP, but then I was like platelet rich injection. And I was like, no, what, what's the other P thank you. I just, I couldn't, I had a brain fart, a platelet rich plasma injection. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Shout out to Jeff Cohen, by the way. Shameless plug. We will plug your show. Guest Absolutely. on baseball at BBQ dropping Saturday. Curtis Granderson. Huge get. That is, that is awesome. Get. That um, is awesome. Good for you getting Curtis on the show. Uh, Keith Blacknick said, I told Sal Licata to like and subscribe the show. Listen, I know he's joking. We did just gain one. We did just gain a if follower. That's Sal Licata, I will fucking. It's Licata. Yeah, it's Licata. <laughs> now, listen to me. If Sal Licata ever subscribed to this show, there is no reason why anyone else in the world should not be subscribed to this show. <laughs> Stalicata has been the target of my ire more than anybody else in the history of this show in many, many ways. So if he subscribed, well, damn it, anybody should subscribe at that point. Uh, you have no excuse not to. I have like almost gotten in like actual arguments with Salicata. So um you know, Ibby, when we look at the starting rotation, send Sanga a bottle of crop preserver to see if it speeds up the healing process. Yes. What's that? Um, Is it the old uh, uh, Chris Rock? There's the crop preserver. It's the old Chris Rock bit, right? About putting uh, putting Robitussin on. on <laughs> Robitussin's the cure for all wounds. Yes. Yes. Robitussin and, and Vicks Vapor Rub, right? There's a yes. couple of comics that have done something on that. Yeah. Crop preserver. Put it on anything. You'll be good. Uh, you'll be good. Get out there. Um. When you look at the starting rotation, Senga's not there for the first month, right? Um, where would you go for opening day? Who would you give the ball to? Would you give it to Tyler McGill, who pitched on opening day two years ago, pitched five innings, Mets won a game, Mets went on to win 101 games that season. I know it's not all on Tyler McGill, but you know, right. you can go to him. Would you go to somebody who's done it a lot across town in Luis Severino? Would you do it uh, with Sean Manaya? There's a couple. I mean, anybody after those three guys, I'm probably Quintana. not going to. Eh. I would me, me. I, I wouldn't. Would. Give, Quintana. 
I would go Quintana. I would. Really? Mainly, so you're okay. I would go that way. I would. So go you're that going route. reliability. You're going all reliable. I'm going all reliable mainly because I think a pitcher like him, based off of how this team was built this offseason, how they went about it, he kind of fits the mold of, like you said, all reliable. Trying to play some defense, um, you know, try to score some runs early, and you know, try to try to win a ball game like that. Get to your bullpen, which you which you've revamped in hopes that it can be dominant with Diaz on the back end. Like that's kind of the way I I think that it would go. I understand that McGill's done it before. I understand that Severino's done it a lot. But if you're asking me, I I think I would go with Quintana. Okay. Um, uh, Carlos Ortiz agreeing with you right out of the gate. I want to know in the comments who in the Mets starting rotation as it stands right now, uh, you would prefer to pitch on opening day, whether it's Tyler McGill, whether it's, uh, Shamanaya, Luis Severino, Quintana. I think those are going to be the four guys because it'd be the last one is going to be a little bit, you know, could it be Lucchese in the rotation? Could it be Jose Buto? Right? Like you're really looking at Quintana McGill, uh, Manaya or uh, Severino, I think are your, are your real options there. Um, <laughs> Aunt Rivera saying our starter from today's game, Reed Garrett bullpen by committee, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got, uh, that's my sports saying the tribal chief, Sean Manaya. We got um, Paul Revere saying I'd give Severino a shot. Charlie saying because there's no clear opening day guy, I would start whoever looks the most ready coming out of Florida. I, I think that's fair. Ibby, I like the going with the the reliable. I mean, look, the Mets are opening the season against the Brewers. Um, you know, certainly not a powerhouse team. Might you feel differently if they were opening up the season against Atlanta? or LA, you know, one of these other teams, like a team that's projected to be much, much, much better than the Mets in a lot of ways. Um, you know, uh, Aunt Rivera saying for real though, Quintana McGill or Severino in that order. I don't know, man. I, I think I don't want to go Quintana. And I think it's because I don't want, I don't want Quintana to then, over the course of the first month, consistently be lined up with other teams' number ones, as sometimes mm-hmm. happens, right? As you get further into the season, it doesn't really matter. Obviously, you can reset things at the all-star break. And also sometimes the way off days are set up that first month, it doesn't necessarily happen. But a lot of times, you just kind of, it's like one, two, three, boom. You play the next series. It's four, five, four, five, one, and it's just over and over again for the first month. I don't know that I want Quintana in that spot. I think I want higher upside. So if it were me, I think I think I'm gonna go Severino. I think I would go with Severino. Okay. I think he's done it. I think it makes a lot of sense. Now, look, if he gets bombed, if he's got a seven ERA in the spring, maybe you don't go to him. But I think he would be the guy. Uh, Joe K saying. It's Mets tradition to give opening day to some <laughs> random guy. Yeah, Dylan G. Oh my God. Uh, John Neese <laughs> pitched on opening day. Yeah. Uh, Tyler McGill pitched on opening day. Um, definitely not some random guy at the time. Maybe thought of a little bit higher at the time, maybe, but as history would show us was uh, some random guy, which is uh, Mike Pelfrey, right? Wait, Mike Pelfrey. wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, Nate Lavender coming out of the. You just got struck out. My name, Lavender.
I like your uh, ASMR voiceover that you did for that one, by the way. <laughs> I, it took a couple takes, but I, I finally got, got what I wanted. Out by Nate Lavender. Uh, it's it's soothing. It's soothing. It but, really is. You know, I did throw. I did throw a. Um, uh, oh, a good one. Good one. Wait, good really pull. Not. John Maine started John, that's on a good one. Day. That's a good one. Um, I did put a, a poll into the chat, and so far we got about 18 votes. If you haven't already, make sure you do vote on it so we can get an idea. Uh, right now, 19 votes. We got Quintana in the lead at 32%. Severino and McGill tied right now at 26%, and then Manaya coming in at 16%. So if you haven't voted yet, make sure you keep voting. Uh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> so Junior, looks like a memorial tribute video. Yeah, it does. You know, that field, like the fields of lavender remind yeah. me of um, – like the, the afterlife in Gladiator that he, they keep cutting to as he's yeah. like walking through and like putting his hand over the like those are like reeds. It's yeah, like, you know it's not lavender, but oh my god, hilarious! I, I absolutely <laughs> love that, <laughs> Mikey. I need that posted every time. He Don't tell me, man. Out. Don't um, me. <laughs> Paul Revere. They should give out lavender candles if he makes the team. I love. I oh. actually love lavender scent. So give yeah. me one. I'll take it. I'll take it every time. Um, oh, Benoit saying. What about Christian Scott? Give him a chance to start. I mean, it's not going to be on opening day. It's no, just, it's not going to be. It's not going to be on the opening yet, roster. Right? Yeah. We haven't seen him yet in the spring, and people are curious as to when we are going to see him. I, I, look, he's the one that has the most upside out of everyone. Uh, I, I do think. I do think at one point this year you can see the likes of um, of a Vassal and a Dominic Hamill, but I, I think that they're more so on the back end. Not to, and it's not to to put anything you know, uh, like negative on them because you need all types of pitchers. Um, and clearly we need all the depth that we can get, but I think they're more so on the back end. If you're looking for a guy that has the upside, the electricity that can be brought to the mound, I think Scott is that guy, but people got to realize he didn't have that many innings last year. He yeah. did. He's still getting worked up. He was a reliever in college, becoming a starter. And look, he was lights out last year. I got a chance to see him. He pitched the game I went to in Somerset when he, you know, when they were facing the Patriots and look, he had a rough first inning, and by rough, I mean like he gave up like a double, a single, and then I think he gave one run and then worked his way out of it, and then he was absolutely lights out the next five innings. Like no one no one sniffed him, and that, and they, they ended up winning the game too because uh, Gilbert as well as uh, Jeremiah Jackson went deep. So guys that we've all mentioned on the show today. But you know, I, think, I think Scott has that upside. I don't think we're going to see him right away, but I do hope at some point this year, uh, we can maybe in like September. I think you get a better shot at seeing someone like Scott, but I do think you'll see the likes of Hamill or Basil a little bit sooner. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, it really is. I mean, <laughs> it's a little bit of sad state of affairs. The Mets pitching prospects, to be honest with you. I know some of those guys we don't know, but you're right. Hamill, Vassal, like they just don't, they don't seem like they're front end guys. And it'd be nice to have another guy who's not, who has Scott's kind of stuff with a yeah. little bit more, pedigree than Scott has had. Not that that means anything, right? Jacob DeGrom came out of nowhere. No. Not and, everybody and, comes out of nowhere. It's just, it's just what it and, is. I wish it had like and, one more guy who was an absolute stud. And if there's one thing I do want to throw out there, I think Michael Marino, Michael Marino reposted it and it might've been, it might've been Sherman who obviously I have my feelings about as well, talking about how, you know, the Mets pitching is viewed not in the most positive of lights in terms of even the likes of like Christian Scott and them uh, across baseball, the Mets like them more than others do. And I, and I'm happy that, you know, people did hop in the comments, ones that understand prospects and basically shot it down saying how across baseball, you know, many scouts have said certain things about, 
Christian Scott in particular and how he can be something if built up properly. Like I just said, the innings need to be there. Um, but shooting something down like that, because again, I think negativity drives clicks and the idea of the Mets thinking they have something when they really don't is something to talk about and post about and try to get engagement off of it. And yes, I'm talking about it now and I shouldn't, but uh, I do like the fact that others within the know, like James Shiano over at um, over at uh, Metstop does a great job. I know he's worked a pitcher list before as well. So he has a good idea when it comes to pitchers and him backing it up saying how Christian Sott is on these lists for a reason. The fact that he's getting shot down already in an article by anonymous people is kind of nonsense. So shout out to him for uh, for stepping up and, and shooting down some nonsense like that. Yeah, I'm 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 with you on that. Um, we got Andrew saying Ibby trying to seduce everybody with that Nate Lavender video. I do I do what I can, man. <laughs> Carlos saying sounds like an Old Spice commercial. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then Stevie Mac, Nate Lavender for Old Spice lavender lotion commercials, please. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, a- Andrew F. Following it up by saying, I remember when Scout said Degrom was nothing more than a reliever. And again, you know, he's Paul Revere. Ibby may be onto something with the lavender video. Diaz has the horns and the lavender video can play. <laughs> Could you imagine like all these uh, uh, bullpen pitchers always have like hell's bells and normal yeah. and enter Sandman. And then yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and just the soothing sounds around them. Just like, <laughs> Just like some royalty-free music you hear in a spa when you go get a massage. It's just like, are you ready for Nate Lavender? I'm so happy. I am so happy that this has actually (laughs) taken off because I was – look, I'm very nervous when it comes to, like, things that I find funny. And obviously, I'm working with a comedian over here. So I always get very nervous when it comes to certain jokes. But I am happy that this did land. So that, that does make me happy. It was good. And for, for you guys, again, that you don't care about this behind the scenes stuff, but I logged in last night to the stream yard to, um, you know, kind of set up, uh, the, the new intro video and stuff. And then I saw this video. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is that? I clicked on it. And I was like, okay, good enough. Um, that's hilarious. Uh, I had no idea he was doing it. So it'd be, we got, let's get out of here in like 15 minutes, 12 yeah. minutes. Or so is there anything with regards to the Mets that we haven't touched on that you are dying to talk about? you know, here today, even if it's just, you know, somebody to look for, I know we, we, we pretty much hit on like, you know, the trace Thompson's and stuff and what they've been doing, but is there something where it's like, Oh, this guy is somebody you want Met fans to keep an eye out for the next couple of weeks or, you know, Hey, look at this for, for Stearns or look at mm-hmm. you know, where's your head at as we kind of, you know, move into more spring training games. And quite frankly, pretty much after next week's episode, we're going to be into that portion of spring training. Where we're like, Can we just fucking end this thing already. Right. Um, for uh, Andrew me, throwing one guy out there, by the way, Luke Ritter. Luke Ritter. Um, always Luke Ritter. Um, I mean, things like that we've seen so far, though, obviously we, we've joked about Nate Lavender, but six strikeouts so far. He's striking everyone out when he goes out there. It's great to see. Hopefully things can continue to look sharp for the bullpen moving forward. Trace Thompson with two home runs. Uh, what's going to happen? Who's going to make this bench? Things to look out for in that sense. But for me, what I really find interesting to this point at least. And I know it's spring and you mess around with things, but it did feel like, you know, under Buck, it was a lot more traditional in terms of what a lineup is. And that was fine because we were looking for some stability, something that Buck brought because this team didn't have stability for the longest time. So when I see things being trotted out there that do look a little bit more interesting, like DJ Stewart leading off and things of that nature, like the fact that we're seeing different lineups 
going out there. And shout out to the guys. And again, shout out to, you know, Keith from Shea and Sons and Rube and all at Baseball Tone, Mets Trucker Pod, who do their spaces on on X. Do a great job. If you guys don't listen to them, you know, they talk they talk legit baseball on there, which is always it's, it's always a fun listen if you're in the car or just looking for something Mets related. But, you know, they were talking about unlike lineup. us. We talk about a bunch of shenanigans. <laughs> um, but, you know, shout out to them for that. But, you know, they were talking about, you know, the lineup in general and how they how they think things might go. And a point that I was bringing up and I'll bring it up here is I wouldn't be shocked if you saw some looks like that, a little bit more modern looks, things that are out of the ordinary. Is there a time where if DJ Stewart makes his team and he leads off? No, it wouldn't shock me. But if they're like switching things up and Brandon Nimmo, we've talked about it on here before, is Brandon Nimmo going to be a guy who bats behind Pete Alonso? Are we going to see Francisco Lindor lead off? Are we going to see Francisco Alvarez bat second? And my whole thought process was, again, to the point I was making before about how this team is constructed and what they might try to do. Look, if you want to get Pete Alonso up more, if you want to try to jump out to a 2 nothing lead by having him bat first and Nimmo bat leadoff or Lindor bat leadoff, however you want to do it, if you want to hop out early and then you got Jose Quintana on the mound, then you want to, you want to pitch and try to play some defense to try to win some ball games and you want to grind out wins like that. I wouldn't be shocked if they did stuff like that. So I, when I see the, the lineup, the way it's been constructed and trying different things out, that kind of thought popped into my head where it's like, well, maybe this is what we're going to try to do. Get with a little bit more modern baseball, use that analytical approach, if you will, and try to put Pete second or Francisco second and try someone out different at leadoff to try and jump the scoreboard to try to play from ahead as opposed to playing from behind. Because as we've seen in, in the past, when it comes to this team, I think it's enough offense. Obviously, we want more. But oftentimes when this team plays from behind, I think it then turns into hero ball with the likes of Lindor and Alonso. We're just waiting for them to do something. And I think if you try to play from up front, it changes the way a game goes. So I wouldn't I be shocked if they try something like this. So when I see it early in camp, maybe it's something that continues and they keep on mixing and matching to see what might stick. But I think we might get away from a more traditional look this year and see different, uh, different lineups, you know, I know that pisses people off on Twitter. It's like, oh, why can't we just have one normal lineup? I think you're going to see more stuff like that to try and, again, jump the scoreboard. Yeah, I also think the people that want one normal lineup just ignore the way baseball is played now. It's just not played that way anymore. Um, Ibby, when I look at who is projected right here, right now, today, to be the Mets starting nine, because I want to talk a little bit about the lineup too. You, you, yeah. you It was the perfect segue. Um, I think the Mets have three guys who are – however you want to rank them, 1A, 1B, 1C, because they all have different skill sets that would put them as the best player on the Mets, right? And that's Alonzo, Lindor, of course, and to a slightly lesser degree, but I'm going to put him in the category, especially because he signed long-term, and that's Nimmo. Nimmo's got the on-base tool, the on-base plus power. You know, he's the fastest of the of the three guys. Obviously, Alonzo, massive RBIs, massive power, a uh, better first baseman than people give him credit for. And I also think a better hitter for average than people give him credit for. And then you have Lindor, who is just all in all the best all around player on the Mets period play shortstop diamond glove kind of guy, switch hitter steals bases, even though he's not the fastest player on the team, all of that. You can make an argument. Those are the Mets one, a one B one C with that being said, you can make an argument that those three guys have to get the most at bats in on the team all season. The next guy who is a two, and he's only a two simply because he has not had the experience, that's Alvarez. 
Mm-hmm. So Alonzo, Nimmo, Lindor, Alvarez are the best four players on the Mets, I think. After that, you have some – I'm going to put them in this order. McNeil has the best track record. I think Bader has the best upside. Then it's Marte because I think he scares me. I don't know how healthy he is. Then it's Vientos. Then it's Beatty. If those are the guys the Mets break camp with, and I don't know if they are. Maybe DJ Stewart makes his way into the mix. Like I said, maybe it's Trace Thompson. Maybe Beatty's not pl- – I, I don't know. But right now, I think that's going to be the nine, barring something crazy. If those nine are your team, Alonzo, Nimmo, Lindor, Alvarez have to get the most at bats. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Alonzo has to bat first. I'm not saying that, you know, somebody mentioned in the comments, I think it was Paul Revere. Yeah, you know, the Yankees do it with Judge when Judge bats second. Mike Trout has hit second. And I know both of those guys, you know, a little bit faster and have some other skills. And I'm not saying that, look, if Marte is healthy and Marte is Marte, and you want Mar- he's the Marte from two years ago and the Marte he's been for his whole career, and you want to try batting him lead off, I have no beef with that either. Mm-hmm. But right now, Alonzo, Nimmo, Lindor, Alvarez need to get the most at bats. And if you're looking at it, it'd be right now me, I might go Lindor, Alonzo, Nimmo, Alvarez, one through four. I don't think that's an insane way to start a lineup. I, you know what? I, I don't think it is either, and that's a different one that I had in my head. I I had in my head right away, just thinking about what you were saying, I, I said to myself, Nimmo 1, Al- Alonzo 2, Lindor 3, and then Al- uh, Alvarez 4. Like That's the way I had it in my head. But you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if yours, yours uh, pans out as well that they try as well. Because again, I think it makes the most sense. And I, I really do think we're going to see Alonzo batting two more. Because we know David Stearns, he's not an idiot. He's smart. He looks at the numbers. And we, and I know I've said this before, Carson and the guys over Mets Weekly brought it up. His overall stats, while few and far because they didn't bat him second enough, his numbers when he bats second, they're lights out. Like yes. he's a very good hitter when he's when he's batting out of the two hole. So now I understand he, that Lindor that more, is I think the, it's a good thing. Yeah, Lindor is his best numbers come when he's hitting in the two hole too. So something's got to give there. Yeah. And that's why I think. You might be able to, Carson with a great comment, four plus hitters and a bunch of noodle dipshits. Um, <laughs> you know, look, Paul Revere, closer to yours, uh, Nimmo, Lindor, Alonzo, Alvarez, Marte. I just, you know, I, you know, I'm okay with that. Again, um, it's a little bit more conventional. I like yours too. Carlos Ortiz said exactly what I was saying as I mm-hmm. said it. So worth sharing a brain on that. I just think, look, mm-hmm. Lindor and, and Alonzo are the best players on the team. Lindor has everything you would want in a leadoff hitter, save for the fact that, you know, he doesn't get on base on a a crazy clip the way Nimmo does, but he has power and he steals bases. I think that's important. And he's also a good base runner. Then you put Alonzo behind him. You're still getting the Lindor Alonzo thing. Instead of getting it three, four, you're getting it one, two. And then Andrew saying, John on the Nimmo three hole agenda. Let's go. I'm just giving you, I'm giving you a, a setup here where you have maybe Lindor gets a single, right? Then you have Alonzo ropes a double. Lindor doesn't score. You got second and third. Now you got Nimmo coming up who knows how to work his way in and at bat. All of a sudden, you're looking at a first inning that's bases loaded, nobody out, 
right? And I know I'm painting a rosy scenario. I no, just, of course, I there's something there to me. Like Carson saying Nimmo's the ideal leadoff hitter. Don't mess with it. He's already solidified that a hundred times out of a hundred. I agree. I agree. I have no problem keeping Nimmo in the leadoff. I'm just thinking of other ways to be creative with where this lineup is and where this lineup could go. I think there's potential. Again, I, I said McNeil is, you know, not my favorite player. You know, he does some good things. He's done some bad things. He's had two bad years out of the last three. But, you know, Nimmo's a guy, excuse me, McNeil is a guy who, if McNeil is hitting 330, you could bet him lead off sometimes. Now, if he's hitting 260, he's a terrible offensive player. He can't hit there. He's not the on-base guy, but if, he, if he's hitting two, uh, excuse me, 320, well, his on-base is going to be high because he gets a lot of hits. He also doesn't have a lot of power that may allow you to slide Nimmo down too. There's just other ways to kind of work this around. So I just think, I don't know. I just think that there's Met fans need to be creative. I'm not saying Carson's not. I'm not saying people who are saying Nimmo in the leadoff spot are not. I'm just saying Met fans need to be okay with this, what you call modern lineup. Yeah, and uh, to bring up Paul Revere's comment real quick, Alonzo would have to hit at least 250 if he's batting second. He can't have a 225 hitter in two hole. That being said, I think Pete can hit 260 easily. He's a career look, 255 hitter, I think, so. And he hit 270 under Chavez as the hitting coach two years ago. So we'll see if things change in terms of his approach. Um, look, he's still going to mash 40-plus home runs. Like, I'm not worried about that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. Um, and I, I think that it is something that they're going to toy around with moving forward. And that's why I like seeing things like this early because that's, that, that's what the spring is for. You mess around, you see what works, you see what doesn't. And I think you're going to see – some different approaches. I won't be shocked if there are some days where we see Nimmo batting three or Nimmo batting four. Like I, I think that there's a lot, there's a lot on the table with this team because there is so much, there's a lot of potential with things that you can do. Like nothing is, you're not so, you know, locked in. Nothing is really locked in outside of those four players that you mentioned. Nothing's really locked in. So seeing them moved around, you know, atop those four spots, that I can get used to. It's the rest that can, you know, whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen. But seeing those guys uh, move around a little bit in terms of those four spots could definitely happen. And that's why I made the line where I made the line. Like, yeah. I named those players. I was just kind of jotting it down so I didn't lose my train of thought. But, you know, Alonzo, Nimmo, Lindor, Alvarez, to me, are the untouchable four best players on the Mets. If I think people could, depending on the year they have, people could make the case the next better is going to be the next best is going to be Marte. People can mm -hmm. say the next best is going to be Bader. People can say the next best is going to be McNeil. People who are still high on Beatty say the next best could be him. People could say the next best is going to be Vientos. And I think you can make a case. I wouldn't for some of those guys. I think you can make the best case for McNeil and, and Bader. But after that, um, you can make a case for anybody. So I think those top four are the top four. And I think everybody else, you know, you just kind of, Come what may, see what happens. So um, Carson saying a 50 home run threat at the two to get him the most possible plate appearances is a need, not a want. And I think that is a great point. So um, Ibby, on that note, we're an hour and 30 into the show. I think it's a good point for us to get out of here. Um, talk to everybody next week. you have any final thoughts? Uh, nothing really. Obviously, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing so far. Uh, I think today was a great episode, a great conversation, especially I'm happy that the third base conversation went where it went because I think it was needed because that that is the story. I know we got to look at the pitching. 
Uh, what we've seen so far has been solid, but I do think watching that third base competition, hopefully seeing someone stick out is going to be a, a big point of the spring. So I'm happy that we were I able agree. to to get a, a really strong conversation, not only between the two of us, but between the chat as well. And if there's one thing I will say, and I'm going to keep on saying, I've said to people in the comments uh, I, I, you know, on Twitter and things like that, Tyrone Taylor, take number 15 off. I don't want to see that number on anyone. That's just me. I, I, I'm saying it tongue-in-cheek a little bit jokingly, but at the same time, I don't want to see that number circulating around because I think our guy's going to the Hall of Fame next year, and he wore number 15, and no one else should wear that number. But that's just me. It's just weird <laughs> seeing that number being put out there. We don't see eight put on people. I don't want to see 15 put on people either. I agree with that. That's game of war, game for war coming in late. Saying, "Stop trying to be one of those nerds who thinks they can reinvent the game." Saying you want Nimo after Alonzo tells me I should unsubscribe, but then says, "I won't though." No, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, listen, it's just we're just throwing out ideas. If you got to the conversation late, it's yeah. just ideas of how the Mets can get their four best players the most productive at bats. Yeah. Excuse me, the most productive at bats and the most total at bats. There's no reason why Starling Marte or Harrison Bader or Jeff McNeil should be getting more at bats than Correct. the four guys that I mentioned Nimmo, Those Alonso, guys give Lindor, you, and Alvarez. Those, those guys, guys are the, the best. best shot. Yeah. So if you want to go conventional them. and go Nimmo, Lindor, Alonso, Alvarez, I'm good <laughs> with that. If you're saying you want to go, you know, uh, Nimmo, Pete, Lindor, Alvarez, I'm good with that too. Just those four have to be your top four somehow, some way. Um, <laughs> this game for War saying only because Ivy is so pretty. Yeah, he is. He is. That's because he man. That's because he manscapes. That's because he uses uh, TMDUP over at Manscape for twenty percent off. You should. Too. Anyway, guys. Uh, yes, you should too. Uh, we're gonna get out of here. Thank you for giving us so much of your time this week. We will be back next week. Of course, if you missed any of it, you can watch the entire show on our YouTube channel as soon as we're done here in just a moment. You can also, in about a half an hour, no more than an hour, really listen to this show wherever it is you get. Get your podcast. We're now three subscribers away. Come on, three people. Hundred. If thirty-one of you are all subbed to us, thirty of you subbed to us. I appreciate each and every one. But if you are not subbed to this channel, we are going to have so much fun throughout the entire uh, spring training, throughout the season. We got plenty of ideas planned. We got plenty of guests planned. True. There's so much on the horizon. Be here with us. Subscribe to the channel. Let's have some fun. Let's go, Mets fans. Yes, L-F-G-M. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.